Welcome to Scrappy ABM, your source for groundbreaking approaches that don't break the bank. ABM shouldn't cost 200K in tech to even get started. So if you want to get started with ABM or make your program even better without investing a massive amount of money, you're in the right place. Each week, we'll hear from the brightest minds in the marketing world who are redefining ABM, achieving incredible results with untraditional methods, limited resources, and a whole lot of creativity. This isn't a show about how much money you can spend on fancy tech or overhyped tools. Instead, it's about celebrating creative problem solving and the scrappiness it takes to get ABM right. We'll dive into how these marketing leaders built robust ABM strategies with limited resources, revealing the actionable insights that led to their biggest wins. So if you're a marketer ready to challenge the status quo and build a scalable, efficient, effective marketing strategy, Scrappy ABM is the show for you. So if you're ready to discover ABM strategies that are lean, impactful, and utterly transformative, let's dive into this episode. Welcome to Scrappy ABM, the number one podcast for groundbreaking approaches that don't break the bank. Today, I am joined by Sumner Vanderhoof, who is the CEO of Propensity. And just to be really, really clear, I am super pumped for today. There's a lot of tech out there when it comes to ABM that is ridiculously expensive and sometimes completely out of reach. And what I love about Propensity is... Propensity is serving that growth stage small team marketer that's looking for more scrappy approaches to execute and implement ABM. So I'm excited to dive into some plays and tech stack and budgets of things that Sumner is seeing work uh, in the ABM space. So Sumner, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks, Mason. Good to be here. All right. So let's go ahead and just quickly dive right in. I had mentioned Propensity already a couple of times. So again, if you want to get a full dive on Propensity, We'll, we'll plug a little bit more at the end, but what I want to do is kind of talk about that first tier of Propensity, because there's actually a free version of your tool that people can have access to if they're looking for some level of an account-based kind of intent data. So can you elaborate a little bit more on what that free tier gets somebody if they're interested in starting there? So, yeah, and maybe I'll start just by like reiterating the point you just made. Our, our main focus is on small B2B growth teams. So it's, it's teams that are, a lot of the times, if they're doing ABM, they're doing what we call homegrown ABM at, at best. So they're cobbling together data from you know, Cognizant or ZoomInfo or any of the other data sources. And then they're coming up with their own plays independently, which is a great first step, but it's super time intensive. So we've tried to streamline that as, as much as we can the way I hear it most commonly referred to is what you know a customer would be able to do in six months, they're able to do in like six minutes with our product, right? So they're just taking things that would take them ages. We've just streamlined the process. So when I think of propensity, I think of us as a process first company. And when we started to look at the best way to prove the value of that and help our customers was to offer a free tier. I think we're the only ABM platform that offers a free tier, which seems crazy in 2023 that that doesn't exist somewhere else. Are the other companies not as confident in the data or don't, I mean, I'm not really sure why. Maybe there's an enterprise sales motion and that's just part of their process. But for us, it was super important for the small teams to have trust in the data. So we, we built out a free version of the product. It's free forever. It's not like a free trial that have, you have temporary access to. You can log in and access all of our intent data. So you can build out your in-market account lists right inside the product. It's such a great way to be able to see which companies are in market, what intent signals should matter to your business. We have a, an intent data explorer that's part of that as well. So you can 
literally put in any company that's in your pipeline right now or your own company or your competitors and see the last 90 days of their intent history. So all of that stuff just helps inform your target account list building. And even like if ABM is right for you. So you'll start to see accounts that hopefully resonate with your business. And then you're able to say, okay, cool. I've got this data. I've got this understanding now of intent signals. I know why our customers in our pipeline are reaching out to us based on their intent history. It's given you a better understanding of your ICP from a whole different angle. Now the question is, what do I do with that data? And that's kind of, that's phase two of, okay, I have this data, now what? So the, the free version of the product really gets you to both pieces of that. It gives you that data set and then it helps you figure out, well, what do I do with this to, to prove the value on the other side of it? Mason, I'll pause there. I'm happy to keep riffing on that and, and go into the, the second phase unless you wanted to jump in. No, I mean, what, what I love about everything you're outlining is really that consolidation of data. And like you had mentioned, yeah. a ton of people are trying to pull it together and, you know, I, in past lives have have spent hours upon hours just scraping our own first party data just to see if I can get any level of engagement signals plus then mirroring that up against third party data to figure out intent signals. And it takes days just to get the first list for then sales to do outreach. So what you just outlined is we can do it in six minutes. And the other thing that you didn't mention that I do want to call out is the integration with the CRM at a free tier. If yet yeah. to find another platform that does actual integration into your first party data with no cost. That's why I'm so excited to have you on the show and hopefully to, to raise some awareness for propensity for all these scrappy ABM marketers that are trying to figure out how do I even get started? And the specific plays that you guys are seeing as it relates to, okay, we've now got these hundred accounts that we know we've got the intent data. We've married that up with our first party data. Now what? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great. So that's definitely the next phase just to, Hop on one of the point you made as well. The one of the big benefits is we're not just pulling like one intent data source. We're pulling somewhere between six and ten different sources, depending on which part of the intent data algorithm you're using. So you're able to get a, a really good hybridized mix of intent across multiple sources. Some of it's proprietary, it's things that we bring to the table on our own. So it's, it's another way you just reminded me of that when you said you're you know you spend weeks like scraping data together, you run a quick report in our system and you end up with, you know half a dozen to a dozen different data sources all compiled at once to give the best profile. So we've tried to make it as valuable as we can, again, for free so that people can start to see if the intent data is right. Once they get confidence in the data, the logical next thing is like, okay, cool. The, the data is right for me. I see the accounts on here. It's taking our, our total addressable market and now it's thinning it down to the top in-market accounts. Now, how do I prove the ABM is right for me? How do I know that like, taking this account list and then turning it into a proper ABM campaign is the right motion. So we have different tactics, again, at the free tier, just to let you get started with that. One of them is all the data is exportable. So you can easily build an audience for LinkedIn is a great place to start, depending on where, you know, the type of companies you target. If you're certainly, if you're targeting marketing or sales users or HR, LinkedIn is a tremendous place to start. And we integrate directly with LinkedIn as a custom audience. So instead of using LinkedIn's matching algorithms, we load in the list of your top 100 in-market accounts and then filter down on your buying personas within LinkedIn to find the right people. So that's a great way to just test the data, see what your engagement rates are. It's a super cost-effective way as well because instead of targeting you know, with a super wide net, we're, cat we're, we're spearfishing right inside of LinkedIn. 
So it's, a, a, it's typically a super cost-effective way to just prove the data. Another thing I see pretty often is pairing that play off or the LinkedIn custom audience building with just some kind of BDR verification. We've worked with companies in the past that have just taken the list of top 100 accounts and, and literally given that to their BDR team saying, hey, these accounts are showing high intent. Reach out to the personas that you're able to find even just through Sales Navigator to verify that the intent is actionable at those accounts before we activate a, a more robust kind of full omni-channel ABM campaign. So they're, it, they're proof points that validate the data and then the process on the other side of it. And then the next piece is, okay, cool. Now I've validated the data. I've gone through maybe uh, target outreach via BDRs. I've gone through you know, maybe a, a campaign on LinkedIn or even some sort of programmatic ad targeting or geofencing around these locations. Now, how do I take that and scale it? And, and that's really where we come in as a team and as a, a paid version of the product to help scale it way beyond that. So it's like a, it's a walk, a crawl, walk, run type scenario here to make it as easy as possible for people to get comfortable with ABM before they, you know, start spending any sort of human resource time or, or cap financial capital on the process. I've said this to a lot of people as of late, but like you have to be scrappy before you can scale. So what I love about what you just outlined is there's no illusion that a free tier is going to give you everything that you need, but what it does is it validates the data and proves the model that ABM is the right fit. So again, I just want to like reiterate those specific points of you can build a pretty fantastic sequence out of just having great data and intent and then pass that on to an SDR or BDR team and let them do outbound. And then based on even the engagement with that outbound, then hit them with additional ads. So like, I just love the framing of, this is to help validate data and build out some specific plays. So I am curious, we've talked through a couple of plays real quick, but just to reiterate, you've got kind of a LinkedIn play mm -hmm. where you can export that data and then run ads towards this target account list that is a one-to-one -one match on that account list. The second play that you mentioned is passing this over to your BDR team to do outbound. What other plays are people using with that kind of hundred top tier account uh, list that's got, again, 12 different data sources for intent data? Those are probably the two easiest ones to run because they're, they're, there's no time commitment really to those. It's kind of export the list and coordinate with LinkedIn, with your campaign manager or, or your BDR team and you're off and running. You know, an email starts the process in that case for, for a large part of it. I think that another starting point is where you're, you're taking the list and you're, I kind of mentioned it in passing a minute ago where you're doing more geofencing around the addresses of the, the audience. So that tends to work really well for geo-isolated account lists. So if almost all of your accounts are coming out of a specific zip code or specific state, you can lean into that and, and do like geofence-based programmatic ads targeting just those physical addresses. And we that's part of the export is the physical addresses of the company. So it makes that, that's a good one to run. Again, it just starts to verify our, the way I like to phrase it is it starts to verify at that point, do you have message market fit? So it's, it's is it, and that to me means, is it the right account list? Is it the right messaging? And does the intent data help verify that it's the right timing? So it's those three kind of legs of the stool that help say, okay, now, now if I put more energy behind this, it's going to just ramp up in the effectiveness of the program. So again, like we'll give you the account list and we'll give you the intent data to show you the right timing. 
the customer brings the messaging and then through either LinkedIn or the BDR team or geo targeting or another good one is IP address targeting. So we can kind of reverse understand the IPs of the websites, the domains of the companies that are in our list. And now you can do IP address targeting for everybody through programmatic display ads as well. So those are good proof points of the effectiveness of like, again, the free tier of the campaign. A lot of that stuff that I just mentioned, we automate in the paid version, but again, you can get scrappy, take this list, go put it together in a DSP and load it in there or in LinkedIn yourself and manage that on your own. I would use it as a proof point, not to drive ROI for the business because you're, you're not gonna be able to scale that easily. Kind of like what you were mentioning a minute ago, Mason, you gotta like, you gotta prove the initial value. And you can think of that as like a proof of concept to verify ABM before investing in it. Cause then the next phase of it is like automating all of those channels simultaneously and running an omni-channel campaign. So really where ABM starts to shine is when you take the, the programmatic display ads plus the LinkedIn messaging and or the LinkedIn channel plus Facebook and some marketing emails and even some direct mail pieces to the physical addresses. And you bring all that together and you're running kind of a campaign all at once across the beyond the top 100 accounts. Now it's a full list of accounts and contacts. Then the whole thing starts to click into, into gear and you're driving kind of the the lead scoring through that and all the other pieces. But that's like, again, next phase after kind of that, that proof point gets set, then you can move into the, the growth phase of using ABM to really help drive pipeline and revenue for your business. I, I couldn't agree more and I love it. And what I want to really dig into, again, we've talked about kind of the two big, more scrappy plays that people could pretty easily implement with propensity on that free tier is again, exporting that list, running LinkedIn ads, and also passing it off to a, a BDR team for direct outbound. I am curious within those ads and in that specific outbound, what's the, actually, I want to take one other quick step. I love the validation of the message that you had thrown out of like message market fit. I don't think yeah. that people give enough credit to the need to specifically validate a message before you scale it out to an entire mm -hmm. target account list. So I am curious within the, again, the ads and then the outbound from SDRs, like, what kind of offers are typically working today just across the lines that you guys are working with? Is it because they're showing significant levels of intent? Are people going in for that direct ask of, hey, let's book a meeting, let's schedule a call? Or are we seeing more of the need for a longer tail? We need specific content assets that meet the specific accounts and the intent that they're showing. Yeah, that, that's it. I, I love, this is, gets into the creative the, the art of ABM a little bit, right? So the creative aspects of it. And this is one of my favorite things to do. L list building is one of my favorite parts of the job. And then also like the creative, like market design, how you approach the market from a messaging perspective and what your goals are. So the, some of the ones that we see best converting the fastest. So if, if your goal is like, I need leads tomorrow, putting some sort of a, a time-based incentive in the ad tends to work really well. And so that's like, do this in as little as, as 45 days with company X. So if, if you're in a highly competitive space, it's always great to, to, to suss out the, the ones that have the most urgency by telling them, hey, we're going to give this to you fast. And those are the people that'll book the meetings the quickest because they're like, okay, cool. I do need this done in the next 30 days. 
this person or this, this ad told me they could do it. So I'm going to click on this or research them on Google and go to their website. So from a get the fastest leads into your sales team's hands, it tends to be a time-based thing because you're finding the urgent buyers, the ones that are most engaged and ready. And they just didn't know you existed or weren't searching for you directly. One that I like a little bit more from a, a longer term play is what we call the guided experience, where instead of giving them an offer that converts, that's meant to convert fast, you're giving them kind of a guided educational experience over a period of three to four weeks. And that's really where Omnichannel shines quite nicely is you're, you're sending them every piece of the marketing of the ABM campaign is meant to be value added. So you're not, not necessarily hard selling at any point. You're, you're providing kind of education, guidance, and value throughout the entire ABM program to the point where by the time the salesperson reaches out, there's already an intense amount of trust issued. One of my favorite examples of that is we work with a customer that targets hospitals, but they don't want to target every doctor or nurse within the hospital. So they drill in and they're like only targeting the, the doctors and nurses with a skill in stroke rehabilitation. So we're able to help them segment their audience, not just based on job title or department, but also based on the skills and the interests they have. And now they're able to take that knowledge that, okay, this person has a skill in stroke rehabilitation, regardless as to their role in the company, in the hospital. And now we're going to build messaging specifically for people with stroke rehabilitation as a skill. Hmm. And they're speaking to those people and they're saying, cool, you have this skill. We're not going to sugarcoat our language to you. We're going to be very like direct because we know you're skilled in this area. And immediately they're building trust and rapport through their marketing because they're speaking a language that they know that audience understands. And that tends to help top of funnel all the way through the cycle because you know you're acting as an expert in that space. So that's almost using, again, using like data, segmenting your audience the right way so that you're, the messaging that you're delivering to them is value added based on the skills that they have throughout the entire campaign. The conversion rates for sales on that have been kind of exceptionally strong across the board. Once we, once you kind of find that, I mean, that's, that's more than message market fit. That's like message person fit, right? Like you're down into the, into the nuances of this person is going to respond well to this message because they, they're, they have a direct skill that relates to the, the value proposition we're delivering. So those are like the two types of, and we guide people through this all the time. As part of our onboarding. We help unpack those scenarios where we're like, okay, you can either, we can be more aggressive and do the, the, the offers or what we, another one that we call is competitor conquesting, where you can go just straight after your competitors and show you how you're different. And because you know that using intent data, you know, your prospect is evaluating your competitor right now. So you can be more aggressive and go after that way, or you can be more of a soft sell approach and be more guided based on the skills and the interests that they have and help move them to a kind of a sales conversation based on the the messaging that just totally relates to their their job and what they're trying to accomplish at the company they're at. There's so much that I want to pull out. What I also want to recommend for people is to actually go look at your website mm-hmm. because specifically around the idea of like your competitors, what I actually like about what you've done on your website is you have direct head-to-head com- like competitor breakdowns on what would be different if you were to go with propensity versus a competitor. The other thing is a lot of people don't 
necessarily know this, but you can go to someone's company page and actually look at the ads that they are running. You guys are mm -hmm. running ads on LinkedIn and you just outlined is done in your ads of mm -hmm. you've got different messaging depending on the intent of what somebody has done. So I think I've just personally, I'd, <laughs> I looked at your website and then suddenly I saw propensity everywhere, which is exactly what you want. So I think both your website and your ads give a truly true example of what you just walked through of how do you create content that guides the customer based on what their intent is. Mm -hmm. And again, your ads, some of them are very directive. Start with an ABM campaign today. Yeah. And others mm -hmm. are like, if you're struggling with this, like, so again, I think that you have a great mix just within your ad set that people could take examples or take inspiration from. It doesn't take long to unpack the messaging that resonates with the right audience. If you're so, uh, if you're, you're doing ad rotation and AB testing in an ABM campaign too. So you kind of, you touched on that. That's how we got to that point, right? We got to the point of like extreme confidence in our messaging because we were doing um, really tightly defined um, market tests across different profiles. And what we started was pretty broad. I think as you tend to do, and then we refined our hypotheses down to the point where at this point it's, it's like you can see a, a book demo from our website and we know based on that, how the person came into our company, what intent they had before they were researching and based on their job title, what they're interested in. So we, it's funny, I've toyed with this a few times, like, hey, do we ask them more questions when they're booking a demo of like, you know, what are you interested in? What part of the product are you, we kind of, with a really high degree of accuracy, we know before we get on the demo with them. So it, it eliminates this like, qualification barrier that we don't have to have. And so the, the way that netted out for us is if you're a, you know, a VP of sales, you're typically not looking for ABM. You're looking, you're coming to ABM via intent data. Intent becomes the most important tool for your sales team. And if you're a marketer, you're looking to run that ABM process end to end and like execute something that then you can hand off to sales. So we have like just kind of threading down through those pathways, we're able to build messaging now that really works well for marketers, especially marketers that have been in their job for the last only like year or two. Those new onboarded marketers tend to want to try the newest tech, like the cutting edge uh, thing to bring to their new company. So we work great with new marketers. We have some, some longer standing kind of, I was talking to somebody the other day that's been in the marketing role at their company for 14 years. So it doesn't necessarily have to just be new marketers, but we found that they just, the response rates to our ads and our messaging are higher there. And the way we got there again is like, we looked at the job start dates of everybody we were targeting through our ABM campaigns and found that the conversion rates were higher for newer marketers. So we were able to just like thin and thin and thin the segments down further and further until we're like, okay, we've got predictability and repeatability in our conversion rates through our ABM campaigns based on these iterations we went through and then tracking all the data. And literally we know every, every company and every ad that they've seen and every click that they've made. So we're able to make really good business decisions off of that, that are all compliant. It's not like we're kind of skirting some GDPR or CCPA type compliance ruling on this type of stuff. Everything we do is um, meets those standards. So it's all cookie lists and it's all above board across, across the board. It's an ethical way 
to do market research and then make those decisions for your business without burning a ton of cash. And you had mentioned earlier the idea around kind of using propensity as a tool to help clarify your ICP. And I'm glad we brought that back around because, again, what you just outlined, it's not the firmographic, it's not the technographic, it's the psychographic of a younger, newer marketer is more apt to try a new technology and you have higher conversion there. As I speak with so many marketers, most marketers in their ABM programs are not getting down to that psychographic graphic yeah. level they're only focused on the firmographic because that's what's easy to pull out of zoom info yeah. so i just love the iterations that you're talking through of how we can really get specifically granular in who we're targeting because we have higher conversions there and that's what abm is all about yeah we have a tool we call the persona finder and you take like uh, i don't know your top 20 to 50 linkedin profiles of your best fit contacts that are currently current customers and you put them in our persona finder. So it's just like copy paste from LinkedIn straight into propensity. And what we do is we evaluate every skill, every interest, the psychographic data of every contact in, in the system, job start dates, locations, job title levels. And we're basically, what we're doing is we're using data to tell us what your persona is. When we first started out, we didn't have that tool. So people were describing their personas and then we'd go and run a campaign and be like, oh, that was slightly off. And so the campaign wasn't as effective. And then once we added this tool, it takes all of the like qualitative emotional data out of the picture. And it's only a quantitative approach to persona building. So now we're telling you, oh, 80% of your audience all share a skill in stroke rehabilitation. Have you tried messaging to those people? Or 80% of your audience has started their job in the last two years. What have you just targeted new marketers in our case? This isn't even after you run an ABM cam. This is before you even get started with one. You can just take your existing 20 to 50, you know, LinkedIn, best top fit 20 to 50 LinkedIn profiles, put them in here and see that result. It, it kind of calls back to what you said earlier, where we connect your CRM to your first party data for free. This is like second party data where it's your LinkedIn connections and your customers through LinkedIn were able to reverse engineer their psychographic demographic and psychographic profiles and tell you what the TAM is for that particular persona and then use that as part of the targeting on the other side. That, I, I love that. That's another way of like slicing up the, the way you approach the audience and just making it emotionless. You putting data as the first line of kind of the decision-making foundation for any campaign that you're running. Yeah. Okay. So I, I feel like we've run through a lot of really practical information. What I'd love to do is just summarize what, what I've learned out of this conversation, which is again, propensity has the ability to provide intent data from 12 different sources for your top hundred accounts on a weekly basis. So again, if you're a scrappy marketer, the only reason that you wouldn't go get propensity is if for whatever reason you have security issues around the integration, but even from that perspective, you don't need an integration. If you're trying to find good data sources, propensity seems to be a great data source. And from there, there's really two pretty clear cut plays that you can run on a pretty low budget. So one is giving the hundred accounts to your BDR team or your SDR team to do specific outbound and let them do some additional research based on the intent. The second one would just be again, uploading that list into LinkedIn <laughs> and then like owner had, had outlined getting really specific with the ad sets so that you are, if you're seeing intent that they're exploring a competitor, do you have content that speaks to the differences between you and your competitor and then providing specific ads actually drive that comparison. Additionally, if you 
have another kind of offer that's a maybe a softer sell if they're kind of in the ex exploratory stage? How do you get them involved and engaged with your content? Or if they're already starting to clearly explore lots of competitors, they're probably in a buying cycle. How do you enter into that buying cycle immediately by just directly saying, here's the value we have, schedule a call today. So again, matching the ad sets that you can to the intent of what propensity is, is throwing out. And then at the end of the day, it's truly getting message market fit. So you may not get it right the first time, but just continuing to iterate on the message so that you're dialing it in. And propensity does have that uh, additional, once you're in a paid version, but that persona tool that can help you really get pretty granular into defining the persona and then segmenting your audiences. So again, super helpful tool, super helpful information on how to best use it. Sumner, did I, did I miss anything that you would want people to, to know and how to run some more scrappy programs? The ABM by nature is so layered and can be, the conversations can be endless. I was thinking while you were recapping, I was like, oh, there's, there's probably a second conversation for us just around good sales practices for the handoff motion from, from marketing to sales and how a sales team takes an ABM marketing qualified account and does social selling around that to, re to respond well to it. There's a whole bunch of great offshoots of that, that we, we try to be a resource as well. So we have a great blog on those types of things. I think the team just released one yesterday that was literally on that topic of how to, how to use social selling. So you're, you're still providing that guided experience from a sales perspective. So we, we try to extend ourselves from the intent data and the market omnichannel marketing campaigns into that sales motion, because ultimately that's the engine you're trying to create is that full process. If it gets to sales and then it just kind of doesn't close, then the ABM campaign isn't successful. So our our primary metric of success ends up being revenue with our customers. And if it's if there's no revenue attached to the campaigns, then it wasn't successful. So I think it, it, our end game here is handing off highly qualified, highly warmed up, hot leads to sales, and then even giving sales the the best tactics to convert those leads into pipeline and revenue on the other side of it. So those topics, each one of those probably deserves, you know, a, a good session to talk through and think through how best to, to approach it. But that's, that's our mission, right? It's like have, have as much material, educational resources, as much as we can give to people for free to get started. We try to do that so that they can, you know, be in control of their own destiny with it. And then when they're ready to to scale it out, we're here as well on the other side to to ramp it up and and turn it into a, a growth engine that's predictable for their for their companies. Yeah, I'm definitely sensing a part two, maybe a part three to our conversations. Yeah. So, but again, I, I think the focus from today was essentially like how do you identify your accounts to even get started and have yeah. good data sources and good rationale behind why you're reaching out and for ABM, like that has to be the good starting point. So. I love it as a, as a first part and Sunray, I think we'll be back for part two and three here in the next, next little bit. Again, thank you for joining me today. This has been Scrappy ABM. We hope you all enjoyed. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scrappy ABM. If you enjoyed this week's episode, go ahead and give us a follow so that you don't miss a single episode. We drop every single Monday so that you can start your week off right. And if you're looking for additional great content just like this, go check out scrappyabm.com. We're building a library of frameworks, guides, templates, processes, and tools so you have everything that you need to build a low-budget, high-impact, scrappy program. 
Again, thank you for listening to this episode of Scrappy ABM. This has been your host, Mason Cosby, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one.